morning, four minutes past five. I couldn't really care less about Imogen Thomas and the fact that they put her down as a reality TV star and model. I just see her as something a bit naff, I'm afraid. I, I'm more worried yesterday, in the front of all the papers today, she walks outside the High Court where we've got sub-zero temperatures with no coat on. I mean, quite clearly, the photo opportunity, isn't it? That's what it is. She was wearing a coat. We're going, can you, take, can you just thrust your bosom out a little bit more? Make it look a little bit more interesting. But, um... All a bit dreary, I'm afraid, and not the kind of thing that I'm remotely interested in. Although I am interested in the fact they're still droning on about Celebrity Big Brother. And they've got some right old woofers on the next one coming up. As it's on Channel 5, nobody will see it. It's a bit of a shame. Anyway, brace yourself. Today, weather. Bad weather coming in. I only tell you this because we might be lucky later and it might not be like that. But on the other hand, if it is, at least I can say I've warned you. They said rain, sleet and snow this morning, but dry this afternoon. Because if there's rain and then it's sleet, it's not going to make the slightest difference, is it? Or snow, because it's just going to wash away. Cold and windy, five degrees. At the moment, you've only got three degrees out there. And tonight, showers, some wintry, dry for most of us. In the morning, frost and ice. And that's where you'll turn the car and and you have to put sort of a blanket over your windscreen or a piece of cardboard or something like that. But it is going to be wintry showers, but spells of sunshine. Overnight lows, tonight into tomorrow, minus two. Uh, for the rest of the time, though, that's about it. So just in case it's bad today, take an umbrella. I still see people. Perhaps people don't possess winter coats anymore. I seriously, I mean, having seen Imogen Thomas standing outside the High Court, perhaps you can't afford one. Well, you will be able to now, dear, won't you? Because you'll be selling the story, and that's what people like you do. You sell stories, you don't sell stories, you sell stories. You go out, you find a footballer, you sell a story. It's all a bit dreary, it's just a never-ending circle. Although, looking at her standing outside the High Court and looking at the size of her, I thought, what sort of model is she? Perhaps she models JCB diggers, I don't know. Very odd when they put... It seems to be the standard term now, doesn't it? Fairly pretty face, but the rest of it a bit naff. And what is she? She's a model. They put it down for everybody. I myself could be a model, I think, at times. I'm quite sure. Uh, you know, I just want to see a bit more bit more action. You know, somebody who's actually done a job as opposed to somebody who's spent their life, you know, targeting the media and the media pick up. I mean, who's interested? Who cares? Who cares? Very sad. Very sad. 0845 There's a pantomime. It's got Linda Lusardi and it's got her old man. And they're doing the pantomime, and it's Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And yes, you can call them dwarves. You don't need to call them people of restricted stature. They're dwarves, because the condition they have is dwarfism. So they are dwarves. But in this particular pantomime, um, they obviously couldn't get any dwarves. So they've got children with, with masks on. Not just masks, it's like a full head. It's a bit like going to Disneyland. And when you see the dwarves there, they're not, they're not people, they aren't real dwarves. Well, they might be, I don't know. But, they, but they've got heads on. And so that's why. And they've done it here. And uh, the, uh, the dwarves are furious. They're, they're outraged. And the, the owners of the pantomime, the people who run it, say, well, listen, dwarves are very, very expensive. They don't come cheap. It's one of the only times of the year that dwarves get, get work, unless they do a reality show about them. And so, uh, so they've, they've decided to cut back on dwarves. And parents, apparently, have been up in arms saying, oh, it's ruined the magic of the pantomime, and it's ruined this, and it's... And I'm thinking, does it make any difference? It's for children, it's not for you. It's like at one point in the Craig Revel Hallwood and Anne Widdicombe, who apparently is atrocious in pantomime, she makes no effort whatsoever, but there again, has she ever made any effort in anything she's ever done? Um, 
she, he says, why don't you go off and do something really disgusting? I think she's called Widdy in Waiting. I think the joke's gone a bit too far now, but there you go. And uh, she's witty and waiting. She says, go and do something really disgusting. So she goes, I think I'll go and join the Lib Dems. And that gets a round of applause. And I'm thinking, do the children have the faintest idea who that short, fat little woman on the stage is? No, they don't. They've got no idea. And quite clearly, that joke was aimed at adults. It's not aimed at children. They won't have the faintest idea what she's on about. Have you been to see a panto yet? They've started. Would you be upset if you didn't see real dwarves? I have heard of some pantos where they've had to... um, Double up. And when they go off stage, they have to change their hats and come on the other side for somebody else. And they stick a fake beard on because they've only got three dwarves. And then some of them have to use girls because there aren't enough men. But this panto has used what can only be described as Disney-type costumes. So it's children inside doing the... And they've got pre-recorded voices. So, but it's, you know, because dwarves quite cost a lot of money, and I keep a dwarf. I mean, you know, I don't know how many you can get in a very small room, but probably quite a few. And they're, they're too expensive, so the pantos go, you want how much? No, we're not going to pay it. We'll put kids in there. So they use children. They've done it here. And, um, and all the dwarves are up in arms, well, as high as they can reach, anyway. And they're all sort of going, this is, this is unfair. This is our only time of year to work. But I think they've, they've priced themselves out of the market. I think so. If you've been to a panto so far this year, and I know that Roger Foss went to see Dame Edna at Wimbledon, last one before he moves up to Nottingham, and he said it's fantastic. He said it really is. In fact, one of the, one of the, uh, the posh papers has put on the front page Dame Edna, saying, why has nobody ever given this, this woman, because for the purposes of this programme, it is a woman. We don't, we don't think it's a man dressed up as a woman, because the character is so believable. And if ever you go and see Dame Edna, uh, and you go for an interview, you will interview a man, but he will play... Uh, Dame Edna, and he will talk as Dame Edna, and he doesn't come out of character. He talks about Dame Edna in almost like as if she's another person. And it's, it's a very interesting thing to watch, because it's a character that he's created. When I first saw her, I think in a film called Barry McKenzie Rides Again, or something like that, we weren't We sat in the cinema, I went, is that a man dressed as a woman, and why haven't they acknowledged it's a man? Because it was a very early incarnation of Dame Edna. It was only recently when she got the television programme, and I refer to her as she, because it's such a good characterisation, and she was able to get away with everything on on the television that nobody else could ever get away with, I'm afraid. I used to love that. And also the big-name guests would come on. I don't think they knew what they were meeting either. And so she had, you know, I mean, really big, big big-name guests. Larry Hagman went on there, and... um, you know, some big... I think Sophia Loren went on there, I think, at once. Or somebody like that. Certainly somebody equal to Sophia Loren. The other thing I must mention this morning, because I'm really pleased, is that uh, having sold Elizabeth Taylor's jewellery for $117 million, I thought that was it. No, 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 no. They've started selling all her other possessions now. And a Warhol picture went for, I think, just under three-quarters of a million. So there's loads of stuff that's being sold. Loads and loads of stuff. It's going to realise huge, huge... Amounts of money. And having heard that Ilford is an up-and-coming area, uh, I did used to uh, go there. I never lived there. My family came from around there. And my Uncle Alan and, uh, and Auntie Janet, they lived in my grandmother's house, which was in Kentview Gardens. And, in fact, I went on to that Google Earth thing. You know, we can look down and you think, gosh, house is still there. Of course, years ago... There were no, no cars in the road. There was just, in the early hours of the morning, the milkman with his milk crates rattling around on the back and little bottles of orange squash and stuff like that. And now it's, it's really... As somebody described earlier on, it's very multicultural, it's very overcrowded, and, and it's, sort of, it's, it's, sort of, it's sort of bubbling. But it's not... At the end of our road, 
well, the end of my, my grandmother's road, used to be a big pub, and you'd go in there, they'd have a hatch, and you could get a bottle of Guinness to take home or something. I mean, now it seems ridiculous that you just walk into a supermarket and you can buy just about anything you want. In those days, you went to the pub, and they had a little off-licence bit. Or failing that, if you were buying a drink at the end of a session, you go, and it's possible to have a, a couple of bottles of Macerson or something, or a you know, cute little thing you are. And, uh, and they'd sort of pop it in a brown paper bag, and you'd take it home. But I remember it vividly. I could take you there now, in my mind... Uh, unfortunately, I think I'd probably be disappointed with the way, you know, everything would have turned out. But I remember I could take you into the house, like in all those little terraced houses in Kentview Gardens and all the other, all the other roads around. There. You went in. There was a staircase to the right which went up. There was uh, a bathroom straight ahead and two bedrooms. Cold, cold. I just remember being cold because we came back in winter and nobody had any central heat. Blimey, if you had central heating, you were blooming rich. And then downstairs, a little kitchen at the back with I think only one cupboard in it because people didn't have... There was no such thing as fitted kitchens. There was um, a a place you walked outside, like a lean-to, and then a little tiny garden with a shed at the bottom, packed to all sort of exciting things. There was a front parlour... Sorry, there was was the front parlour, which had a piano in and nobody ever went in there, and then the front parlour, which had the fire in, because you couldn't afford to keep everything going. And I remember it like it was was yesterday, and I was very young at the time. So uh, Ilford apparently is the place that more tourists are visiting. I think they're asylum seekers myself. I think they're going there and I think they're staying there because it's a nice place to stay. You've got the park. You know, it's got some nice open spaces. They're going to use the park, somebody told me, for a bit of the bit of the Olympics. The other place which is up and coming is Hounslow. What a dump! I don't want to be rude about Hounslow, but have you seen how many people illegally in Hounslow are putting up houses at the end of their garden to hide people coming in from overseas? They did a big feature on it in one of the Sunday papers three weeks ago where they did an aerial shot going, what is this at the end of their garden? They've put up a house and they're, they're taking lodgers in and things like that. People who sort of turn up at the airport, they go and they stay there and there's loads of people doing it. And the council just cannot, cannot, be sort of, uh, you know, keeping up with it, which is a shame. So, pantomime. You've been to pantomime yet? I bet you haven't, actually. But it, would, it, would it bother you if, if, they, if they came on stage and they weren't actually dwarfs? Are we expecting to see dwarfs nowadays? In the same way, if anybody can explain to me why, and I know we've done it for years, why the principal boy uh, is, is a girl and why the dame is there, I would love to know. I'm, I'm quite curious. I remember in Richmond... Always a good pantomime, Richmond. But years and years ago, they had um, Lionel Blair directing the pantomime. And he decided to do it with Principal Boy was a boy and, and Dame was, was a woman. There was none of this cross-dressing thing which, which came up. Because it, I'm not sure that the kids understand it. They see it as just funny. Most of it appears to be aimed at adults who go there. Talking of adults, there is a piece of the paper. I'll mention it in a minute. Two traffic wardens have been locked up because they told lies. They told lies about somebody they'd given a ticket to. I'll tell you that story because it's very interesting because they're now spending Christmas in prison. And it's a, it's a salutary note for everybody listening. Always tell the truth. These are the headlines. At quarter past five, London bus drivers are demanding a £500 bonus to work during the Olympics. The union Unite is calling for talks for the payment for up to 28,000 employees. Labour held Feltham and Heston in the by-election with an increased majority. The Labour candidate, Seema Malhotra, now has a majority of more than 6,000 over the Conservatives. The Lib Dems held on to third place. And paramedics across London are preparing for the biggest party night of the festive season, known to them as Black Friday. With Christmas just over a week away, the advice is to eat before you head out, drink lots of water, wrap up and know how you're getting home. 
Let's have a check on the roads for you. Down at the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre, it's Jay Louise. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Well, on the... Morning, 19 minutes past five. It's LBC's early breakfast. LBC 97.3. I'm Steve Allen. With you until seven this morning. It's going to be wintry. Wintry showers later on. And a town in Scotland was named as the worst place to live. And I was thinking, no, 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 no. Hounslow's the worst place to live. Hounslow really is the most dreadful hodgepodge of rubbish and, oh, it's just awful. And I know... Because I used to live there. Uh, Isleworth's OK, provided you get over the smell of the sewage works, Mogden, uh, which is a bit of a shame on a, on a nice summer's day when you're out there and you go, it's like you drive down the M4. There's a place just outside Slough. Well, perhaps it is Slough. And, uh, and again, they have the same problem there with this horrible smell over the motorway. And it's a sewage plant. You'd think in this day and age we could have sorted out sewage, but we can't. So would you like, uh, we'd like your nominations? That, that we had a lot of people defending with, with Christo Ilford this morning. Uh, most people saying that it was nice, but now it has, uh, it has changed, I'm afraid. Two traffic wardens have been locked up the other day after one falsely claimed a driver had pushed and spat on him. So, Alan Rose-Jones told police that Sanjeev Tapsi assaulted him after receiving a ticket in May, and Martin Vincent backed him up. Unfortunately, they were both liars. So, Alan Rose-Jones and Martin Vincent were found guilty. They were jailed for 16 and 12 weeks, respectively. Uh, the Gloucester Crown Court judges, I find it disturbing and extraordinary. What, that people tell lies? Good heavens above, of course they do. See them on the television all the time. Did you do this? No. Did you do it? No. We've got evidence. I didn't do it. Are you sure? We've got DNA evidence. I never did it. Oh, I did do it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's what people do. They, they tell lies. So, two, uh, two little uh, traffic wardens. You'll be spending prison behind bars. It pro- they probably won't run the full course, I should imagine. This woman is on the front of all the papers again today. I wish they'd hurry up and get on with this, because I'm, I'm, I'm getting uneasy feelings. When somebody comes forward after somebody dies and they go, oh, by the way, that's my father, then, I mean, if it turns out that this woman uh, is the, uh, the secret daughter of Jimmy Savile, now then, now then, now then, it turns out she's already said, one of her relatives has, that she wants a bit of the two and a half million pounds that he left. Now, all of Jimmy Savile's friends, quite rightly, have said, well, let's get it proven first. I mean, if she, if she is the daughter, then fine. If she's not, she's a rather disgusting gold digger. And it's possibly the lowest you can, you can go. I, d- I mean, I don't think that you could go any lower than claiming to be something because somebody told you something. You know, that's, you know, somebody, my, my mother said that she'd had a fling with Jimmy Savile. Loads of people say that. Loads of, not with Jimmy Savile, but loads of people have said, oh, I did so and so and I met so. And it turned out they hadn't. I mean, you know, even on, on the radio, you hear people lying. I've got a full set of Beatles signatures. All oh, right, where did you get them from? Uh, I got them from, uh, from one of the concerts they were at. You didn't really, did you? No, not really. No, I sent off and they sent them back to me. Well, they're not genuine, I'm afraid. That's why, that's why Beatles autographs fetch such high sums of money, because they didn't sign that many. They all signed for each other. So I hope in this particular case that this woman, Georgina Ray, is telling the truth. I would like to think she was, because if she hasn't, uh, she's a cheap, no-good gold digger and deserves to be vilified by the newspapers. He did leave a lot of money to charity, which is good news. He only had only had two and a half million pounds plus he's got property i think he had a big flat overlooking a leeds park he had his uh, his mother's flat as well but uh he, he raised i think probably about 
20 million for, for the spinal unit. He's done all sorts of things over his life, but obviously was very successful. And, uh, and, and he liked the ladies. In fact, we know he liked the ladies. <laughs> A lot of people like the ladies. I love the letter in one of the papers today. And it's, uh, it's from Joe McKeldry to Little Minx, Mix, uh, the group. And uh, he's saying to them, listen, you're not celebrities. Don't over, over-egg the pudding. You know, so far, all they've done is turn up wearing silly little outfits you know, to sign copies in Stoke Pogis or wherever it is they happen to have been, you know. But their trouble is, because it's happening so fast, they think they're celebrities. They won't have earned a penny piece so far. There'll be no money in, in the pot. Atomic Kitten and Diddly Squat. All those number ones. And the reason is, never wrote a thing. That's why JLS have been successful, because they managed to handle their own career. But they've got a lot of celebrities. What they do is that they go out they say, we're actually doing a, a celebrity thing. Um, c- can we have one of your coats? And they go, yeah, what well, to give to an elderly person? Yeah, to give to an elderly person. So they've got one of JLS's jackets. I don't know what elderly person's going to be walking around in that. But to be honest with you, elderly people want a nice, long, warm coat. So they managed to get one off Colleen Nolan. Funny that, Colleen. It's the first time I've ever seen this coat. It looks lovely, though, and I've seen tons of pictures of you. Far be it from me to suggest that in, in a lot of these, these cases, and I, I know this for a fact, they'll go to somebody and go, oh, can, can we get a, a pair of jeans from so-and-so we can auction for charity? And the agent will go, OK, right. They go down the local jean machine or wherever it is, pick up a pair of jeans and go, there, that's her jeans. And they sell them for charity. <laughs> you know, there's lots of... Oh, God, I've probably given away something else now. I've drummed out the brownies. But uh, Lord, Lord Prescott, old fat boy fat, he's out there. He's given away his coat. And somebody called Phil Taylor. I don't even know Phil Taylor. Who's Phil Taylor? But there's a picture of him, and he's a gargantuan bloke. And, uh, and then they've got... Um, the, the little mixed girls, because they've also given coats, although what pensioner's going to walk around in this kind of rubbish? I've got no idea. I've never seen anything like it. I ask you. I ask you, ladies and gentlemen. I appeal to you. I know. Just see my auntie Enid walking down the road with a faux fur on. <laughs> Not really the kind of thing, is it? Not really the kind of thing. So, if you've been to see a panto yet, or if you've been to see one in previous years, and, and they didn't use proper dwarves in Snow White and the Seven, people of restricted stature... Um, I'd love to hear from you. 08456060973. Wasn't the record Ichiku Park based on Valentine's Park, says Rick? I've got no idea. No idea. Might have been, actually, in Ilford. Ichiku Park. But that was the kinks, wasn't it? What did you do there? It was uh, Ichiku Park. Small faces. Small faces. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know it was based on Valentine's Valentine's Park, in my day, had a little train that ran round it. And it had a pond where you could sail your boat. Didn't have any ducks, and it was just a big piece. Of, when you're little, it, everything looks vast, doesn't it? Gary and Chigwell says, went to see Aladdin. There's a joke there. At uh, Cliff's Pavilion. Surprisingly, Shane Rich is very good. Held it all together. Well, actually, he's, he's at his happiest on stage. I think he's better on stage than he is on camera. He doesn't quite look as, as comfortable, you know, on camera as he does on stage. Is where, because that's what he did. He works live. Uh, Theatre's a nice venue for someone who didn't think much of Shane or the dreadful Colleen. I felt he did quite well. Well, as I said, that, that, is, his, that is his forte. You know, he's, he's a live performer, much more so than I think a lot of other people. Some people, they, they stick him on television. I mean, Anne, Anne Whittacombe is absolutely terrible in her, her pantomime. They've said she's so awful. And it, it ceases to become a joke because she's probably earning quite a few thousand pounds a week. Now, I don't begrudge anybody earning a lot of money, but can we get things in proportion? She'd be the first person to complain if a reality star started, you know, because that's all she is. She was an MP and then kind of, you know, that sort of went by the by. And then she appeared on the Strictly Come Dancing. And it was very funny, but we'd seen it with John Sargent. We'd already seen the act of somebody behaving like an idiot. 
And, and it was a shame to see a woman of her years selling herself short. She's probably just doing it for the money. You know, that's it. And now she's doing pantomime with Craig Revel Horwood. But she just, it just doesn't work for me. You know, pantomime is, is different. You know, it's different. It's an art, an art to doing pantomime. So as Ilford becomes a tourist destination, God help us, we want you to sell your area, be it Tottenham or Chelsea. I can sell Twickenham to you, as we have done on the LBC website, with a nice little, nice little film, lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve. And, uh, and the panto pic. I think there's going to be some new panto pics going up Monday. I think there should be a new, new set of them. So, why do you think people should holiday in your particular tourist destination? So, in other words, where you live, the area, well, quite clearly the area where you live. You're not going to be nominating somebody else's blooming area, are you? Uh, so, nominate your area and tell us exactly why people would go there. Because, I mean, as I say, you're not going to nominate Hounslow, are you? I mean, there is nothing, nothing to recommend Hounslow at at all. It, even if you live in Hounslow, it's a dump. All the people who live there say it's a dump. It's a ghastly, horrible, filthy, dirty place. It always has been. The only thing it had was highwaymen on the heath. And that's what it was famous for. Oh, and a battle. And it used to have a good fish and chip shop, but that disappeared ages and ages ago. 0845 60907384850 or steve at uk. It's a bit of a sad thing, isn't it? Out in uh, Castleford in West Yorkshire, which sounds quite lovely, a gang of yobs, some ten years old, pelted carol singers with stones as they sang outside a church. The group swore at the congregation and a brass band while circling them on their bikes. Minister Jenny Hill was struck on the head. Mike Dixon of the Methodist Church near Castleford said it was disgusting. Do you know, I'd have, I'd have chased after them, I'd have got them and hanged them up. I'd have hung them up to dry on the back of a meat hook, on the back of the, on the Christmas tree. Here's all these yobs. Who are these little people? Who are these people who go out there and want to ruin everybody's, everybody's time? They're awful. It's not nice, is it? But as I say, they probably come from, you know, those sort of families from the wrong side of town that we have to help because they're too stupid to help themselves, I'm afraid. And at uh, times they are a-changing. I've had a quick look at the television. Years ago, 1936, Christmas Day on the telly was this. Three o'clock, because it didn't start till three, Christmas turkey, a demonstration of carving. It seems simple, but believe you me. Uh, 3.25, A Lonely Christmas Arctic by Ernest Shackleton, because they were out in the Antarctic. Uh, then there was 9pm Christmas carols, a seasonal tour throughout the Empire at 9.10, some unusual Christmases at 9.20, and at 9.35, television party, and then it closed down. OK, and that, I like the carving the turkey bit. By the time you get to 76, you get the Queen's Speech at 3, Billy Smart Circus, the film Oliver, Bruce Forsyth of the Generation Gay, 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 And then, unfortunately, what have you got this year? The Queen's Speech at 3pm, already filmed in the can. Then you've got Ratatouille, Monsters vs Aliens and the Gruffalo's Child, Doctor Who and Strictly Come Dancing. Makes you want to give up and start becoming an alcoholic, doesn't it, really? It's just ghastly. So much better on the radio. LBC 97.3. Time now is 5.30. <laughs> Morning, 27 minutes to six. So Hounslow and Lindsley uh, agrees and says it is a tip best avoided. That's the uh, the town bit. It really is just horrible. I think anywhere that's got fast food places is ghastly. I'm absolutely dreadful. Although, strange enough, I was looking at Twickenham Town Centre the other day thinking, actually, we don't do too badly, considering some town, Bishop Stortford apparently, is suffering a dreadful recession and they've got lots of shops that are closing. I don't know what it's like in your particular area. 08456060973. But in, in our area, most of our, our shops are, are sorted. Although we've got another barber shop opening. How many blooming barber shops? Are these places 
They're not money laundering, are they? The reason I say it, and luckily you can say it, because it's not a libel, because you can't libel a group of people, but you begin to wonder, we've got ten barber shops in Twickenham. You know, there's about enough work for one person. What are the others doing? They're sitting there with rents of about 20,000 a year. Where do they get that from at six quid a time from a haircut? You know, I don't quite understand it. In fact, there was another shop. It was a barber's and it closed down. And then, lo and behold, I saw it the other day and the workmen are in there and they're doing it up. And I said to somebody, I said, wonder what that's going to be. And they went, it's going to be a barber's shop. I said, what, another barber's shop? I said, how many more? I said, in the space of literally... Less than 100 yards, there are now going to be five barber shops. How dumb do you have to be unless somebody's not telling the truth? They can't be affording their rent. 20,000 a year at six quid a time. It's just not possible. Something's going on, isn't it? Something's going on. Dirty money into clean. It used to happen years ago, didn't it? Used to get all the illegal minicab drives. And by God, London was full this morning. Absolutely chock-a-block. With people. So, I don't know about tonight being Black Friday, which they've affectionate... I don't know who calls it that. The press, probably. I don't think anybody would call it Black Friday. It's the people going out for parties. And now, you've got all the... Uh, ooh, nice. Uh, all, the, uh, all the people out there on the town. And last night, they were wandering into the road. And, they're dr- and you think, but this is only Thursday into Friday. So, there's obviously going to be a lot of people not going perhaps sort of you know shepherd's bush type that's shepherd's bush you see that's an interesting area isn't it i often wondered about shepherd's bush i used to drive through it very quickly with the doors locked because the gold talk road was notorious for carjackings and to be honest with you i used to i used to keep all my stuff on the drivers on the passenger seat of the car so i'd have my phone and my wallet don't ask me why until one day i was sitting in traffic on the gold talk road and two cars in front there was a couple of young guys and they went to say something to the driver through the window. So he he wound the window down, they put their hands in, grabbed his phone and wallet and ran. And, of course, if you're sitting in traffic, you can't do anything about it. So ever since then, I used to say to people, if you're in the Goldhawk Road and you're in... Lock your car doors. If you're in London anywhere, actually, lock your car doors. But particularly bad with the uh, with the uh, the people who do the windscreen washing. Most of them thieve at the same time. On the Marylebone Road, there was a notorious gang of children who would steal from... If, if your car window was open, they'd lean in and take something and run off. What could you do about it? Nothing. Terrible area. Terrible. Unless, of course, you think differently. 08456060973. Steve, love a bit of uh, LBC when I can't sleep. LBC 97.3, thank you. I must be dreaming if Ilford's Europe's most up-and-coming tourist attraction. Though. I can't see it myself. I can't think what it's got to recommend it, apart from it's got a park. But then we've all got parks. Everybody's got park. That's what London was famous for. We've got lots of green areas where you went to play on your bike. I so look at kids now on their bikes and think, do you know, you've got no idea, have you, what's ahead of you? Because when we were little, we didn't have a care in the world. We never worried about unemployment. We never worried about job security. We never worried about would there be enough food on the table. We just assumed it was there. We always assumed that at Christmas we would have presents under the tree. That's what, that's what people got at Christmas time. Uh, Steve, are you sure you're not thinking of Barking Park with the little train which ran from one end of the park to the other, says Jackie. No, no, Valentine's Park, definitely, in, uh, in the... And I think it would probably be... I'll be careful of my years here. Uh, I would think 60s. 60s, there was a little train. Because we, we used to go down the road on our bikes and go into the park and see it. Uh, June says, back in the early 90s, my son's entire dance school travelled from Orpington to Canterbury to see Snow White as their ballet teacher's daughter 
then in her mid-twenties, was playing one of the dwarves as there was a shortage with not enough dwarves to cover all the productions. That's what they do now. They, 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 do, they do rope people in to play dwar- I was never asked to be a dwarf. I never did panto, actually. I'd love to have done panto. That could be quite funny. Although now I'm very anti it for people on the radio. It's not for people on the radio. It's for people in the entertainment industry. Loosely, we could be called in the entertainment industry, but I'd rather think that it went to people who trained. I was horrified to discover that um, Mark Wright who just comes over as fake to me and plastic, and we know he's got a big bottom now because one of his friends, Kirk Norcross, said, very good-looking chap, but turn him round. He's got one of those Boy George bottoms. Boy George looks great. Then you turn him round and realise that he's got the bottom the size of the woman in the Tom and Jerry cartoons. It's the biggest bottom you've ever seen in the entire world. And apparently Mark Wright is the same. Poor soul, honestly, but never mind. And uh, he apparently spent ten years at, at Sylvia Young's school doing what? I suppose learning to be cheesy, I suppose, which is the best you can describe him as. But uh, the good thing about Hounslow, uh, says uh, Lindsley, is Chiswick House, Osterley House, well worth a visit, and some nice riverside and pubs as well. You can go down to the London Apprentice, that's all right, that's quite nice. That's quite nice, London Apprentice. Not much to look at, I'm afraid, when the, when the river's down, as it is at the moment. So you just sit there looking at mud flats, which isn't great. Uh, after hearing about the Frozen Planet fakery news, says Chris, I watched back some other BBC Nature shows the other day, and in Walking with Dinosaurs, I think they may have faked the dinosaurs. I think it's a bit outrageous. I agree with you. It's absolutely shameful. If they did not use real dinosaurs from the Dinosaurs or Us agency, then I think that is a disgrace, because they're out there, dinosaurs, just waiting to be used. And they're probably sitting there going, I'm sure it's animatronic. I'm, conf- I'm not even sure it's animal. I think they've just done a drawing. You know, why they've not used real... Di- Nobody's ever complained about that, though, have they? Nobody's ever complained. We talked the other day as well about, um, about pensioners having another driving test. Most of you seem to agree with having another driving test at a, at a certain period of time. We didn't know what period of time you would want to go for the driving test for. Uh, Diana, 50 years ago, was a night sister in a small hospital. Happy days. We never questioned that we worked through Christmas and bank holidays. That was the job. No extra pay for working. It came as a pleasant surprise when we were, at some point, granted a day off in lieu of working a bank holiday. In those days, we were poorly paid. We were forbidden to take additional jobs. That also applied to the ancillary staff. Later, when I worked in the engineering industry, our contracts forbade us to take additional employment. I saw nothing wrong with that. And I may add that throughout my working life, I never considered I had the right to strike. With unemployment so high, I feel that anybody who has a job should feel privileged to be in that position and stop whinging. Well, now the bus drivers and the bus folk want £500 as well. I'm putting in for 1000 I've decided that, you know, unless we get £1,000 across the board, across the board, we are, we're, we're going on strike, brothers, and we will be linking arms and standing around a brazier outside, probably Jordan's, I shouldn't wonder. And uh, we will be out there campaigning for equal money, because if the train drivers can get £500 and the bus folk can get 500 we all want it. OK, so we're all going to have nothing to do with the Olympics unless we get our £500. OK, and I want it now. This is now going to get out of hand, isn't it? This is going to be ridiculous. So all, all the bus drivers, all the bus... Con- do we have bus conductors? Do they exist anymore? We probably don't. We just have, you know, it's one-man-operated buses. Yes, yeah, so we don't have them, do we? We have lots of bus inspectors, like Peter and Ivor Seymour, and people like that who go round and sort of check the buses are running on time. But we don't actually have a man who comes along and goes, where to? And you go, I'll have thruppence and I'm going all the way. You don't get that anymore. You just sort of go, beep, beep. Beep, beep. 
And then somebody goes, beep, 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 beep. They go, get off the bus. You haven't got num- any money on your Oyster cards. I'm constantly checking the Oyster card. So I wonder, really, do you think they deserve £500 for working the Olympics? I don't see why it makes any... Why should people have to get extra money for doing a job they do every day? I mean, nothing against bus drivers and people who work on the buses at all. Far from it. But then I'm thinking, perhaps all the people who work in shops... Perhaps the people who work in Sandy's, the fish shop in Twickenham. Perhaps they should be on a £500 bonus. Their trees have gone decidedly limp this year. I don't know what's the matter with them. They've, all, they've dropped down a little bit. They'll have, to, they'll have to wind them back up again, I suppose, later in the year. We've got lights all over them. Twickenham is like veritable fairyland, let me tell you. It looks very nice at the moment. <laughs> Pantomime joke there. So I'd love to know, really, whether or not you think, as you all decided the other day, you didn't want the train drivers to have anything because you worked on the assumption that if they were earning about 45 grand a year and uh, some of them could top up even more, why they want a £500 bonus? I tell you what, why don't the company just say no, bring in somebody else? Do the same on the buses. If they're really, really going to bring out 28,000... Why would you sit... Other countries must be looking, thinking, why did we ever give the Olympics to the United Kingdom? What was the point? History of strikes. Any other... Can you imagine in China they're going on strike? Line up against that wall. (laughs) There'll be no messing around at all. Human rights issues out the window. Go on strike what, while we're, we're trying to show people that we can put this thing together? Good Lord, no. Definitely not. Definitely not. Unless, of course, you think differently. 84850, steve at uk or 08456060973. More on uh, Jimmy Savile's so-called daughter. Family's now at war. They have, they have tried to guess who is the father, you know. Boris Becker, Tiger Woods, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's quite a, quite a cast list of people who've, who've cheated. Bernard Matthews, Eddie Murphy, Steve B. They're all in there, actually. All the usual suspects are people who've had children and then denied it. I mean, the one that shocked me was Arnold Schwarzenegger. I seriously was quite shocked by that. I just assume all these people are nice, but they, they say she looks so much like Jimmy. She doesn't look anything like him. She doesn't look anything like him at all. She's got badly dyed hair, and he had white hair, and he had a cigar clamp between his... There's nothing apart from that. There's nothing. Nothing at all. And I was a little bit worried. I didn't realise that, you know, when they filmed Only Fools and Horses, the block of flats that uh, was Nelson Mandela House was actually in Bristol. They couldn't actually find anywhere that was so naff in London, so that's good news for us, I suppose. And uh, every year they put up a tree, bells and a Merry Christmas sign in the foyer to the flats, you know, wishing people a Merry Christmas. Anyway, the council have come round and unplugged it. They've said it's a health and safety issue. Anyway, the council now say uh, we are working to resolve these safety issues so the lights can go back on again. Don't want to go live down there, do you? Bristol, there's a place where they don't celebrate Christmas. What a, what a, what a depressing thought. Frankie Boyle uh, is, uh, is talking about Little Mix selling Fellini to Newcastle. Cause they've all come out, you know, because we like our fans and, and, you know, we want to help save the world and whales and penguins and everything. And please buy our Christmas single. And I'm thinking, you know, that's OK, that's OK, but let's, let's not oversell ourselves, girls. You're just four very average girls. Very, very average. And, uh, and also, you know, your singing's in some question at the moment. In some question. Uh, I, Gordon, I did get it, actually. I did get it. Thank you very much indeed. I've had a lot of cards. Christo sorted out all my cards when he put them on my desk. I quickly grabbed them. And, uh, and I'm taking them home this year. I put him up home. So it makes it look like I've got really, like, loads of friends. And so anybody looking in, he'd go, how many cards has he got? He's got loads. And I put them all in my pigeonhole at home. And, and I've got these things that hang on the back of the door. So it, it looks really impressive. So thank you very much indeed. I shall plug in the tree later, Gordon. And Anne-Marie Minhall from our sister station. 
uh, Classic FM. She, she got me a, a nice card and also some chocolate and things. Very nice indeed. And loads of people have sent in stuff. So thank you very much indeed. But it's, it's the taking the cards home. Last year I had to put up some of the year befores just to make up the numbers. But this year I think we're, I think we're going to exceed expectations, which is good news. Quarter to six. <laughs> These are headlines on 97.3. London bus drivers are demanding a £500 bonus to work during the Olympics. The union Unite is calling for talks for the payment for up to 28,000 employees. Labour today held Feltham and Heston in the by-election with an increased majority. The Labour candidate, Seema Malhotra, was returned with a majority of 6,203 over the Conservatives. And the head of the International Monetary Fund is warning the global economy could be heading the same way as the economy of the Great Depression in the 1930s. Christine Lagarde says it's a question of actually facing the issues, not being in denial. Down to the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre and Jay Louise. Thank you, Steve. Southbound M1. I've said wintry showers. If you get any wintry showers, you will, you will let me know, won't you? 08456060973. And as Ilford becomes a tourist destination, I know, we couldn't believe it either. But apparently Hounslow's not far behind. Uh, I'd love to, to know whether or not either you live in Ilford, you poor souls, and you go, I don't really think it's going to be a tourist destination. So, you know, you're not going to be in Ohio, are you? Or in Canada or somewhere like that and go, do you know, let's go to Ilford. Hooray! Ilford. It's like whenever you see a page three girl in the papers and they go, Megan is from Ilford. You go, yeah, one of ours. That's it. Fantastic. So could you sell your area to visitors? Chiswick apparently is supposed to be fairly up and coming, isn't it? It's slightly sort of glorified yuppies who can't afford Richmond. And that's the way I always look at Chiswick, which is quite sweet. You know, you get a lot of people down there go, where do you live? I live in Chiswick. And they go, oh, can't afford Richmond then. Um, well, we, we, we never looked at Richard. It's got everything in, in Chiswick. It's got a high road and it's got a Robert Dias and it's, it's got everything. So it's just marvellous for the children. And it's got a villagey atmosphere. No, it hasn't. <laughs> but they like to think it has. We have a little, a little market and we can buy our trees there. So Chiswick could, could be the place. Or Tottenham. Or Brixton. Or Chelsea. I don't know anybody who lives in Chelsea, actually. Do I know, know anybody? I do. Actually, I do know a lady. I know a lady who lives in Sloane Square. And uh, that's that's very nice indeed. If you where would you live given the choice? If you had limitless money, you read about people in the in the in the in the news and celebrities. And I was reading about Westlife this morning. They've all got ten million pounds. And I thought, do you know you couldn't even afford to buy a posh house in St John's Wood? Do you know how much some of these houses go for? You'd be horrified when you see that houses go for seventy, eighty, ninety million pounds. There's obviously a huge super-rich element in, in London that, that don't include us, I'm afraid. And if you're going to any pantos this year, or you went last year and you got disappointed because they didn't have seven dwarves. Perhaps they just had three and some children dressed up. I'd love to hear from you as well on 08456060973. Graham. Morning, Graham. It's Brian. Good morning to you. Morning, morning, morning. So, win- you haven't got wintry showers. Tell me we haven't got them yet. I'm afraid we have, yeah. I live in Tring. I'm going to Heathrow Airport at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, quite quite large uh, blizzardry snow, I suppose you could describe it. Do you think it'll settle? It's not at the moment. Although I'm just going over the top of the Chilterns and it's half a degree. So anyone's guess. Wow, because they, 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 they did say yesterday that about four o'clock this morning it was going to start coming down. So at four o'clock this morning I look out the window and nothing's happening. But you're probably just far enough out for it to be drifting down, aren't you? Yeah, I guess I am. Yeah, I think probably as we go to the uh, children's down towards that uh, lovely place, Hemel, then it may well appear by then. But at the Ooh. moment it's pretty, pretty bad. Oh dear. Graham, not good news, but just, are, you, are, you, are, you, are you driving for a living or are you just going somewhere? 
No, I'm just going to Heathrow, off to uh, Rome today, so hopefully it'll be a little bit warmer oh, there. Oh, how nice. Ro- what business? It is indeed, yeah. God, Rome, how lovely. You've been before? Um, a couple of times, but quite a long time ago as a tourist, so just a, a flash visit today. How nice. Cool, dear. A little, yeah. bit of, little bit of late Christmas shopping as well, which would be lovely. Graham, thank you for that. So a little bit of snow coming in over the Chilterns. Tring. Tring always sounds like that's Hertfordshire, isn't it? Which sounds very nice indeed. Uh, we're also asking this morning, as the train driver said yesterday, can we get a bonus? And now the bus drivers have jumped on the bandwagon and they want the £500 as well. Unite are calling for talks for the payments of up to 28,000 employees. Well, to be honest, given the choice, you know, a bonus or not a bonus... I suppose you're all going to go have a bonus, but I reckon the majority of, of people listening at the moment are going to say, why should they get a bonus? For doing, for doing your job, you should get a bonus. Graham, morning. Good morning, Steve. Great show. Thank you. So, bonus, not bonus? No, I'm, I'm looking at it from my point of view. Uh, the bus could, everybody's going to ask for extra money. Like, my job involves going to hospitals and medical researchers, and I collect their clinical waste. Well, we've been told that London's closing down at 7 o'clock in the morning. Even some of my cases that I have to get through during the day, they're going to close the roads completely, and that means I'm going to have to work through the night. My day's going to be my night time. My company's already said that uh, we're going to get a bonus, but it won't be £500. It's just ridiculous. I don't think they've even thought about things like that. We, we, we thought the other day of all the people who have to get into work, if, if they go on strike, all the ancillary workers, the people who clean offices... I mean, has anybody pointed out, we are in a recession, aren't we? I haven't, I haven't got this wrong. I mean, the head of the International Monetary Fund has said we are heading the same way as the economy of the Great Depression. Well, I was speaking to a chap yesterday in the medical research, and they're going to employ people. They're going to put some through the night because they know that we're coming. But there's loads of companies it's awful, really. I mean, somebody needs to kick these people in the rear end and say, listen, get a grip of yourselves. This isn't about getting money out. We're in a recession. What happens if half these people get made redundant? Can they come back to the union and say, listen, I think you made a big mistake there? One of the places that I have to go to is Great Ormond Street. Oh, right. And uh, where it is in Guildford Street, they're actually closing Guildford Street down and using it as a taxi rank. <sighs> Do you, I, do you know, I sometimes I, I just lose the will to live, Graham. It's, it's just not been thought of, Steve. It's not, they've, they've even forgotten about people like us who collect from hospitals. Obviously, yeah. they're going to be 24-7. They'll be one in their collection done. The we're next... just, yeah, sorry. We're just going to have to change our days into night. Oh, it's just... Well, hopefully it will get resolved. I was reading the front of the Metro yesterday, going home on the train, and they were saying that uh, they reckon that a lot of the tube lines and the trains will actually close down on Christmas Eve because there's not enough people going to be using the service. (laughs) And you think, well, of course people are going to be using the service. What about all the people who work over Christmas? Yeah. Even Mike (laughs) Donner. Oh, I give up. Graham, nice to talk to you. That's Graham in uh, Maidenhead. We're looking to hear as well if you've got snow or drifting or just light. If it's coming down, I'm looking out the window here and I'm, because when I, I came out this morning, I felt a little something. I thought, I wonder what that is. And, uh, and, I, and I did it again. It felt quite nice second time round, so I enjoyed it. And, and I thought, is that snow or is that just a bit of rain? So over in Tring in Hertfordshire, a little bit there coming down. Will it build up? If it's wet, it'll not settle, so you don't need to worry about it too much. However, if it dries out later on today and then it comes down tonight, tomorrow, it's going to be Skid Pan Alley. 
And that's where I get quite frightened, because I've got to do some driving tomorrow. Jeanette! Morning, Jeanette. Morning. Morning. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Good. I'm on my way home from work. Oh, good. <laughs> um, at Heathrow. Oh, good. And we've round the M25 and into Boreham we've got the heavy snow. No, really? Yeah. Is it's it... not settling because it's very wet. Yes, yeah. And you can actually it's... see it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm dutifully impressed. <laughs> dutifully impressed. I mean, I'd, I'd love people to take pictures of it. If, they, if people could send in pictures to me, I'd love to see things like that. It's, it's hopeless for driving in, Jeanette, though, isn't it? It is, but it's not too bad because it isn't settling, so... Right. Uh, it's, it's one and a half degrees, so it's not freezing. It's blooming cold, though. <laughs> it's, I tell you, every time I go outside, I think, perhaps I should wear a vest today. You know, I... F- oh, I f- I've had a vest on all night. Well, you would have. <laughs> You're in that kind of job, aren't you? Yes, yes. Mostly inside, though, but... That's yeah, that's all right. So you can go back bad. home and you can, you can put your feet up now. I'm going back to bed now. I'm going to bed. Good for you. Jeanette, So, well, are you working over, over Christmas this year? Yes, nights over Christmas. Oh, golly. And do you get paid extra? Yes. <laughs> How much extra? Do you get double money? Um, sometimes it's double. Um, certain bank holidays it's double, and then it's time and a half other than that. Wow, time and a half? Yeah. That's not bad, is it? That's not no, bad. No, quite good. That's quite very good. good indeed. Well, I, I wish you a pleasant and peaceful time. Thank you very much, and you. Have a happy Christmas. Thanks, Jeanette. Nice to talk to you. There's Jeanette you. at uh, Heathrow. So if you can take any pictures as well this morning of your uh, of your snow, S-N-O-W, do. I like opening up your pictures just so I can look at them. Okay, it's no good lifting them off the internet. I spot these things very quickly. Steve St Albans is a wonderful place to visit. Oh, Noreen comes from there, so I'm all right with that one. Unfortunately for people who live here, it's a nightmare. Oh, dear. So many shops have closed. Some shops have been... Family businesses, they've closed. The market is less than half of what it was, all because the council have upped the rates on these wonderful shops and the market stall holders have to pay so much for their pitches, says Sarah. It's a shame, isn't it, really? Around our way, it's, it's greedy landlords. That's what puts the rent up. It's, it's you know, so one, once you've got the rent, you've then got to get the other things. You've got to pay your council rates and your taxes, and Beverly knows all about that down at the council. And, uh, and, it's, and it's, that's why I, I question... How many hairdressers one little place like Twickenham can have? As another one opens up, there's not enough business for the other ones. And that's why I question, how are they surviving? You know, with, with haircuts at £8, because that's about average. Round in um, Shepherd's Bush, I saw a place the other day, a fiver for a haircut. They're obviously desperate to undercut, but I mean, how they do it for a... They must be a really cheap naff haircut. Undercut, undercut. You know, honestly, sometimes I'm funny and I don't even know it. If you're going to a panto this year... Let me know, or if you're appearing in one, you're not a, you're not one of the dwarfs, are you? Because a lot of dwarfs are not are not being employed this year because apparently they're too expensive. They've priced themselves out of the market. Uh, Fatuma in Tottenham says, "I live in Hornsey and Wood Green constituency. Lots of parks: Alexandra Palace, Highgate, Priory, independent boutiques and shops, wonderful restaurants, proper, not just fast food." Patisseries, old family bakeries with high street ones like Costa, Starbucks, Gourmet Burger Kitchen. Oh, they're nice. I had two of their milkshakes once. I couldn't eat another thing. They were so filling, the milkshakes. I, I, I looked at my burger. I thought, I cannot. I mean, it's just, unfortunately, it's stomach bigger. No, so it's eyes bigger than stomach, isn't it? Or whatever they say. Whatever it was afterwards, it, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't cope with it. Endless numbers of charity shops in Crouch End. Yes, we have, uh, we have the monopoly in Twickenham on charity shops. We are Charity Shop Central. We have people coming in. A lot of people think they are department stores. Uh, lovely summer fairs, Highgate, Muswell Hill. 
And I'm absolutely devastated that the Boundary Commission want to change my ward, Stroud Green, to Tottenham. Oh, for two more. You don't want that. Don't want that. Why do they change things? They just leave things. Stuart in Greenwich says the bus drivers have bus lanes. What about the people who have to drive and have to endure lane closures and even worse than normal traffic with no £500 bonus? I'd love a £500 bonus. I, I live in hope of a £500 bonus. I've never had a £500. Have I ever? No, I've never had. I did work for the John Lewis Partnership years in, when I was a very small child. Very small child. And my first Christmas there, I got a bonus of something like, I think it was about £50. Because they, they do a profit share. You're a partner within John Lewis. And so some managers can make thousands at Christmas. The better your department has done, the bigger the turnover, the more they will share it with you. It was for, I'd only been there a few weeks and I got this extra, I went, what's that? And they went, that, that's your bonus. I went, wow! I was, like, really impressed. And I discovered that my boss had picked up £7,000 in a bonus. I wasn't so impressed. It was, it was super. Steve, I'm snowing in Luton. I'm stuck on the M1 past Junction 8 going to London. That's Revy, who says, I love your show. Love you. Uh, Chris says, have a great Christmas. We live in Wanstead, not far from Ilford, alas. Most awful place by far. I used to cycle over Wanstead Flats as a child on my bike. Uh, cars are white in Hemel, says Jane. Wintry sleet in Waltham Abbey. And Christine says, you should come here to Bristol, Steve. It's lovely. See, I like things like that. We're looking at for the best and worst places, as everybody now is going to Ilford, as it's a tourist destination. Lord help us. It's LBC 97.3. Good morning. On FM, online and... Morning, seven... No, it's not. Eight minutes past six. We're doing snow watch this morning as well. Or we're doing sleet watch, I suspect. <laughs> it's probably more likely to be sleet watch this morning as, uh, as it comes in. And they've said that it will be coming in and it might hit with a vengeance. And uh, we'd love to hear from you on that. 08456060973. After all, the papers are full today of the pantomime dwarfs who aren't dwarfs. They're uh, children with heads on. So it's a bit like... A bit like Disneyland. Kind of. I don't want to say it too loudly in case there's young people listening who might not appreciate this. But I've been backstage at Disney, so I can tell you about it. And, um, and parents have complained because the, the dwarves are miming. How they work that with a soundtrack, I've got no... It must be really complicated. Really complicated. But that's in the paper today. Plus, Ilford has become a top tourist destination. Hello? <laughs> I know, I thought that too. And apparently Hounslow as well. What's your particular area like? Could you sell it... As a tourist destination, 08456060973-84850-or-steve-at-lbc.co.uk. And Boots, the chemist, have been blasted because apparently, fingers in children's ears this morning, uh, they've been displaying sex toys. And in openly, I mean, shock horror, I nearly fell backwards. And apparently at the Boscombe store in Bournemouth, um, they are selling sexual well-being toys next to vibrator. And, um, you know, it's not the kind of thing you could talk about at breakfast, you know, because young children... And apparently one man went in there. Uh, he's a house husband, Martin Buxton, is 48, and he said it's not appropriate explaining what they are to a child. Just say it's a toy. You don't have to say anything else apart from the fact it's a toy. You know, it doesn't look like anything, does it? Not really. Uh, Boots insisted they were responding to customer demand. I know. I've been to Boscombe. My Lord. I mean, they, they need everything that they can get down there, uh, including things like that. Beautiful day at Brentwood Theatre, Steve. Yesterday, we had over 100 children in from Larchwood Primary School to see Jemima Puddle Duck and her friends. The school has not been able to afford to come before, but the fans of Stephen Moyer, 
starring with his wife Anna Paquin in True Blood, who support Brentwood Theatre, raised enough money to buy their tickets and pay for a coach. And a teacher told me that only six or eight of the children had been to a theatre before. Great show, laughter, music and stunning costumes. I'm very proud. The car spent a long time having photos taken. Lovely. That's what we like to hear, actually. I like happy stories. It's too many depressing stories, aren't there, at this time of year? We don't want too many depressing things. Wayne Rooney... Oh, sorry, Wayne Rooney. Not really a depressing story. He's talking about uh, Gary Speed. And he says, I called my pet rabbit Speedo. That's the level we're talking at in this interview here. Hair transplant looks quite good. Oh, Lord above. Uh, Here's uh, Jodie Marsh, pictured in the sun today. Whichever way you look at it, it ain't attractive. And uh, the Essex model. She was never a model. Never a model. She was just one of those unattractive people. I mean, God, that's what she looks like at the moment. It's absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. But apparently she's saying in, in an exclusive interview who she'd like to grab for a Christmas kiss. And now, unfortunately, I don't think they'd be so thrilled either of the Christmas kiss. You know, going home and they go, so who did you kiss today? Jodie Marsh. Go to the doctors. Go to the doctors straight away. Get a tetanus. You don't want any of this messing around. Goodness sake. Goodness sake. And Nicola McLean has signed for Celebrity Big Brother. She could go head-to-head with Natasha Giggs. They, they've been at war for ages. Nicola McLean, not Bryce Penny in the box, but, you know, does a thing because she's wag. So that's nice, isn't it? Now, as I was driving in this morning, I was listening to, uh, to Christo, and he was talking to our reporter, Declan Harvey, because London's emergency services are bracing themselves for what they say could be the busiest party night of the festive season. And to help tackle the rising number of revellers, year on year, who get so drunk they are unable to, uh, to, to speak or walk, London Ambulance Services expanded its booze bus. So it began last night. Declan went, went out there, and I'm delighted to say that, bless his heart, true to form, he's still here now, dressed appropriately for a booze bus. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> so it's, it's a bus that goes around rescuing drunks. Yeah, yeah, essentially, this booze bus is there to relieve the pressure of, of ambulances. Um, so if you're desperately in need of an ambulance for a medical emergency, it will be sent to you and not sent to somebody who's just had one, two or five drinks too many and are sitting in a doorway somewhere. So they'll uh, send the bus to them and that's been happening for a while but um, last year they kind of tried a pilot scheme of rather than the bus bringing them to an A&E and clogging up the A&E department um, they set up essentially a field hospital. They call it an ARC, an alcohol recovery centre. It's in uh, Soho, just between kind of Frith Street and, and Soho Square and um, they have set out 10 stretchers on the ground and they've all got a little cardboard bowl there and um, your face. Um, a cardboard bowl for what? Well, what do you think? Come on now. Oh, really? Oh. Um, it doesn't sound nice or smell nice, but it, no. thank God the, the bowl is there. Uh, you got a, a pillow, a bit of a, a, a blanket and that's it. And they're picked up, they're brought here, they're put down. And they're given a couple of hours sleep in the in the warm. It's it's bright lights. You got lots of kind of uh, supervision of them. And after a couple of hours, when they start edging towards sobriety, they're nudged and said, "Right, come on, let's get you home." And then they're kind of sent out into the night again. But yeah. it just stops people being vulnerable and and I mean, I mean, properly paralyzed. I see it round here. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I, this morning I thought there was an extraordinary amount of people out on the streets. Mm. We came through Piccadilly Circus. There's a couple of clubs turning out. People literally just drunk wandering into the road. And you think, we've all done it. I heard you, you know, Christo being quite honest about the fact that sometimes he, he hasn't known where he is. The one thing, if you're going out and you're going to get drunk, don't do it by yourself. Make sure you've got somebody with you that can tell you, A, who you are, mm. and B, where you live. Really interesting. We went out on the, uh, on the booze bus. Um, I went out with a couple of paramedics and we got a call to uh, Gower Street up there by University College Hospital and they were called 
And there was a girl, and she was in a very, very bad way. A young twenty-four-year-old uh, started the night, you know, properly dressed up, the big hair, the big dress, the big heels. And uh, by the time we arrived, she had four mates with her holding her up. Um, it hadn't crossed any of their minds to walk a hundred yards into the A and E of uh, UCH, um, but they dialed nine and now the booze bus was sent to them but uh, she had mates and she whether she was trying to keep up with them drinks wise or whether they just not keeping a close enough eye on her but she was in a, a terribly bad way but i don't want to uh, brandish all young people in their early 20s mm. as this there were men women every color creed and age uh, tonight there was we picked up uh, a woman in her 50s uh, from uh, a pub in Camden she was uh, singing all the way back to uh, the no, that's what they do in Camden they just wasn't <laughs> drunk they just sing <laughs> they sing for a reason <laughs> and when we got got back there was a woman and she was 60s and uh, she left the ark with no shoes on because she arrived with no no shoes on so there is no particular type of person but this uh, tonight was um Last night was the, the first night. Tonight's going to be busier. It gets busier every year, so you could argue that tonight, Friday, Black Friday, will be the busiest night ever for London Ambulance Service. Definitely, thank you. Well done for going out there and well done for surviving it. But uh, take care out there. It's LBC 97.3. LBC 97.37.3. Steve Allen. Morning 6.20. I'm going to be your saviour for Christmas. You're going to thank me for this one. You are so going to thank me for this one, I promise you. In a moment... I'm going to cut the time you need to spend in the kitchen at Christmas cooking your turkey. OK? It's so simple, it's mind-blowingly obvious. Details coming in a second. Uh, Mick says, I couldn't stop laughing on the way to my night shift yesterday. All the city bankers falling all over the place through the booze and getting soaked in the rain. Actually, talking of that and having spoken to Declan about the booze bus, and last night looked pretty busy when I was coming through this morning. I mean, lots of drunks all over the place. Don't be a statistic tonight. Don't, we, we can't understand any of us why you'd want to go out and just get hammered, so much so that you can't even stand up. People are being sick in doorways. It's just, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? Perhaps it's an age thing. I don't know. Listening to podcasts, Darren says, I'm a day behind. I'm a type 1 diabetic, 45 years, and I use pens and syringes. I inject it into my arms. I asked this question yesterday because I'd never heard of that before. And it spreads the sights a bit, though, although there is a knack to doing it. Use an insulin pump now and still put the uh, cannulas in my arms. Hope you and I are not going to be among the fatalities of next year. No blooming chance. I've got a new syringe which which carries a cartridge. In this one, which Mr. Child gave me yesterday, we both stood there looking at it. It was very exciting, but uh, but it works. Danny, hiya, morning, Hi. morning. So, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah? I'm fine. Uh, Ilford. Yeah, I just want to know what a great big fascination Ilford is, because really and truly, you know, I had a shot there up until last year. Right. And and the place, I'm not maybe ten years ago, twelve years ago, it was a nice area, but the place is a big time dump. Yeah. They bang on about Valentine's Park. If you go in Valentine's Park. Yeah, the cans will put lovely, fancy rocking chairs and whatever it is for the kiddies and stuff, but it's full of beer cans all over it. Yeah. I mean, it, it always and worries me because I can only remember being there in the 60s uh, because we right. used to go and visit my grandmother and then, you know, there weren't many cars. It was a, it was a completely different area to obviously what it is now. Yeah, society's changed. It's not going to be the same as it was yeah. back in the day. But at the end of the day, I mean, my shop was on the high road and... Um, I used to start really early hours of the morning, and the things that I see, you wouldn't believe. Mm. An ambulance, someone yes. called an ambulance to one of the side roads, and the ambulance driver got robbed. The police ended up turning up, and the police officer got kicked down the stairs. There's like a 24-hour shop just up the road from where my shop was. Someone got murdered above that. 
You've got the alleyway in between the 24-hour shop, which is like a red-light district. I don't understand what... It's like Amsterdam. I don't understand what the great big uh, no. fascination with Ilford is. It's a dump. It's, uh, the mean, funny thing was, it used to be night, like most areas, and I cannot remember the period of time that all of a sudden areas went from being nice to, to people not caring. Which is down to society. It is. People, people's got no, they've got no respect, for, no one's got no mm. respect for each other. It's all about me, me, me. What sort of and shop did you have? I had a sandwich bar. Yeah. Um, do people steal yeah, from you? A bit more difficult for a sandwich bar to be um, stolen from, isn't it? I mean, um, they didn't steal, but the type of person that lives around there, they'd come in, they'd ask to sort of like, um, ask you to make them something to eat, and yeah. then you'd make it for them, and then they'd start haggling you on the price and oh, stuff like that. Mind you, yeah, we that's... used to have that in a bar. I, I used to look after a bar in Twickenham for some, some friends of mine. We used to get certain people who would actually come in and they go two bottles of whatever it was, and you go, "That's four pound forty and they go, "Give you three pounds." Yeah, and you go, I mean, "No, it's four pound forty." Yeah, I mean, it's that, stages like that. I just sort of like say to them, "I don't want to be rude with you, mate." I said, "But I take them outside and I say, if you go up to your right, you head towards the town centre." And I'd start saying, you've got Greg, you've got blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, I'll go there, because at the end of that, I don't need your money, so... Isn't it awful, though? Isn't it awful that people don't even respect what you do now? They don't even respect your business? I mean, I watch thieving on a daily basis, as, as you probably do as well, because if you're, yeah. if you're in that kind of business, you just spot it. I don't know why. We yeah. just do. And I think, yeah. what a sad society it's become in certain parts of the capital. Yeah. I think you're going to find it's most parts of the capital nowadays. Like I said, as mm. society's changed, isn't it? I mean, people... Uh, youngsters, they're not being sort of like, I'm not sort of like pinpoint, but mainly youngsters. They've just got, they've just got no respect, you know, mm. and um, they walk like they used to walk past a shop and, and spit on the floor outside the shop yeah. and things like that. And I'm not being funny. If you're doing something to do with like food and you're actually just about to walk in and you see someone spit outside the shop, it's going to put you off. Yes, yes. So, I mean, it's like, it's the area. I, I just can't, I can't quite work out what the great fascination with. Ilford is, where it really it's like... <laughs> Ruined your day, hasn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Ruined your day. Uh, I, could, no, I, uh, I, know how, I know how you feel, Danny, because I think it's one of those, one of those sort of things that you've, an area changes. But you're right, I, this spitting malarkey gets on my nerves. I see it all the time. I saw a student the other day, came outside of a sandwich bar and then spat on the ground. And I felt like, you know, you feel like waving a magic wand and you become a policeman. You go over, you go... You're just being fined £50. You come into the police station, you're fined £50. If I see you spitting again, you go to prison. You know, if we have to lock people up overnight for teaching them, it's a disgusting, filthy habit. Generally done by naff, third-rate chavs, I'm afraid. Uh, Claire says, I've just arrived at work in Ilford. What a run-down, dirty, horrid town. Oh, it's not getting the publicity, is it? Oh, does anybody like Ilford? Sadly not at the moment. Snowing in Luton, says Dave, the Green Keeper. Is that a green keeper or a green grocer? I feel sorry for actually Paul Cooper and all his lot who have to stand outside in this weather. When it snows, it's not good for them. They've got to stand with their little hats on and it's very cold as well. And uh, morning, even though it's one here in Chessant, it's only raining. Peter, the spark's on his way to work. He says, hopefully I shall get the time to pop in for some diabetic chocolate. Oh, don't buy diabetic chocolate. It's rubbish. Rubbish. It's terrible. And, um, Steve, we've just experienced three different weather conditions. First, hail like golf balls. Second, rained heavily for two minutes. And last, not least, snowing. Merry Christmas. And that's from uh, Jojo, a fellow diabetes sufferer. I never call it suffering. I try to very much say I don't, I don't think it's suffering. That's what I do. Uh, Tony in South Norwood says, my first ever bonus was £500 in 81, which was, a, uh, as a 17-year-old, on 3300 a year, I thought was a fortune. As a percentage of annual salary, it's still the biggest bonus I've ever had. 
It's not bad, is it? An 80... Oh, crikey. Uh, Julian Felton... Even when I worked in the discos. Discos. <laughs> um, we never got anything like that. Might have been double money, I think. Julian Feltham is still snuggled up in the duvet. I daren't look out of the window. Uh, listening to LBC 97.3, Steve, I've just heard it's going to snow today. Am I wearing wellies or appropriate shoes? No, office is a must. Karen in Cardiff is booking seats at the new theatre's Panto this year. It's Robertson Crusoe and it stars Biggins. Yes, I got his Christmas card the other day. And uh, very good it is, two of him and Neil. Ellie is listening in Thailand on a honeymoon. No snow here. You're on your honeymoon. Do not be writing text to radio presenters in London. You're on yet. The clue is in the word. Honeymoon. La, la, la. You know, this, no, you don't do writing. I'll just send a text to Steve Allen. I mean, it's very sweet, but frankly, on honeymoon. I'm a pensioner, says Pete. Can I have my £500 bonus for having to listen about the Blooming Olympics? It's getting on my nerves. That's for a lot of other people as well. And Colin, who's in Ontario says, how can the tube drivers be going on strike if they have a valid contract? Here in Ontario, Canada, anybody with a valid contract would not be allowed to strike whilst the contract's in effect. And if they were to strike, they would be immediately fired for doing so. Here, certain things can be declared essential services. Police, firefighters, they're not allowed to strike under any... The same should be done to London's transit workers, thus making any strike illegal. I don't think anybody should strike. I really don't. Not, not when it's going to... You know, if, if, it, it, if it affects the person who is... We have to suffer as people who come into the capital every day. Oh, anyway, I must, I must tell you this thing. This is the thing that's a change Christmas for you. What is the one thing that you do over Christmas that really gets in every... You get up early in the morning, don't you? If you're a, meat, if, if you're a vegetarian, put your fingers in the ears and do la-las. OK, but if, if you're not vegetarian, the one thing you have to do, your mum gets up in the dressing gown and so you then go to the oven, you're sort of oh, hazy iron for the next goodness knows how many hours. Nope, not anymore. All of that is gone. We now present dun, 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 the turkey that cooks itself in 45 minutes. 45 minutes available in Marks and Spencers. It's in a turbo bag. And it's already part cooked. It's a combination of steaming and flash roasting. So all you have to do is finish it off in the oven. I'll punch it a few times, you know. Get out, you drunken old turkey. And you put it in there. It goes on sale on Sunday. It's £32.99, but it o- it's only 45 minutes. Now, for most of you who've been doing Christmas for years, this might screw up Christmas. Because you're used to a turkey that takes hours, so you can work out the sprouts, the sausages, and all the other little bits and pieces. If the turkey's going to be ready three days before the sprouts are ready, I mean, what hope for us? But it does go on sale. It's called the Perfectly Cooked Classic Turkey Crown with pork, sage and onion stuffing. Comes with candied lemon and bay leaves and feeds up to eight people. Yumma, yumma, yumma. I can taste it already. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast at 6.30. From the LBC 97.3 News Centre, I'm Holly Ford. As Boris Johnson prepares to unveil his new environmentally friendly Routemaster bus this morning, London's bus drivers have threatened to take industrial action. The Unite Union are contacting the capital's bus operators to request a one-off payment of £500 each for 28,000 members for working during the Olympics next year. The mayor launches... 26 minutes to seven. I love his train journeys. Michael Portillo... He's going to be looking at the papers this morning with Nick Ferrari after the news at Sevon. Uh, Nick will be coming live from a new Routemaster bus. How so appropriate today. How so appropriate. Uh, joining him will be the London Mayor Boris Johnson and the designer of the bus himself. That's uh, Thomas Heatherwick. 
Nickleby relishing his win over Westminster Council. Now the parking charge has been dropped until after the Olympics. And, uh, and they'll also be talking to former Mayor Ken Livingstone, uh, running again in 2012 for the London Mayor, of course, the Voice of London. And uh, also this, this result now in Feltham, the by-election result. Tom Cheel will be on the bus as well. So Nick Ferrari live on his OB this morning. I hope he's, uh, hope he's wrapped up nice and warm. I noticed uh, Jan Moyer in the paper today. Oh, by the way, very quickly, David in uh, Streatham, St. Reatham. Uh, sleety light rain, but much milder than previous days. My work colleague, Pauling and I, always have a giggle when we get into work talking about your show, which is quite, uh, quite good. So you're all tempted with the uh, with the turkey that cooks in 45 minutes. And we're trying to find out if anybody can support Ilford. We're having a bit of a trouble with this one. It's been named uh, a top tourist destination. How they've got the faintest idea, I can't imagine. All the people we've spoken to can't stand the place. They say it's gone right down, which is a shame, because my grandmother would be mortified to think that the area wasn't as, wasn't as good as it always was. I think she always liked living there. I can't imagine, though, where she went from to get there. I don't know how it worked out. I'll have to check with my Uncle Alan, I think. But I do love Jan Moyer. Jan Moyer is talking about... Oh, poor wee Sam Main. You know Sam Main? Sam Main is the student who was thrown off the Edinburgh to Perth train earlier this week. Sam couldn't produce his ticket for the inspector, but refused to move when he was told to get off the train. After a ten-minute row, including much swearing and belligerence on Sam's part, fellow passenger Alan Pollock threw the second-year student off the train. Sam... Claims to have suffered cuts and bruises in the incident. Indeed, he's allowed himself to be photographed with a bloody graze on his cheek, wearing that victim face expression, says Jan, that we've all come to recognise so well. His family are outraged, saying that Maine is not a lout or a junkie and want criminal charges to be brought against Mr Pollock. Come off it, says Jan Moyer. If Maine is no lout, he made a pretty good impression. In the video made by a fellow passenger, we all saw a truculent youth being abusive to a ticket collector and being quite happy to inconvenience his fellow passengers. A nasty little drunk, ladies and gentlemen, and foul-mouthed at the end of it. Hence the booze bus in London. Uh, Jan says, and echoes what you've all said, I get so fed up with ordinary people being held to ransom by the selfish, selfish actions of a few gobby oaths who then run bleating to the authorities if anyone challenges their unsociable behaviour. Yet even when a proverbial clip around the ear is exactly what they need. Nasty little piece of work. And family as well. Oh, our poor sandwich. Ah, uh, shut up, you dreary family. Theo, good morning. Morning, lovely show as usual. Thank well you, done. Thank you. Just going back to what you said some uh, weeks ago, or some some days ago, when mm. you, you said about the um, train drivers and everything else. Mm. Oh, don't worry, we're going to have the bus drivers going out for more money. <laughs> hey ho, it's come true. Surprise, surprise. It's, but no, no big surprise, hey. No, well, it wasn't really, but I think the way out now, um, I think Boris will probably be happy, and uh, the commuters, let them go on strike. We're not going to pay a £500 uh, bonus and let Boris give everyone a bike for nothing. Yeah, I mean, put it this way, we, we have had strikes before, and we're, we're very good at getting through it. But, Steve, it's getting ridiculous yeah. now, because, I mean, I'm, I personally, I'm not a bus user. I, I live at Heathrow, around at Heathrow, um, and, I, I, and I sort of... Uh, I've got a company car, and I'm very fortunate. Thank you. Mm. But if I was, uh, I would, I would be up in arms. I wouldn't use the bus. Just out of principle, no, mm. go on strike. I don't need you. I'll, 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 I'll get a bike, or I'll, I'll, I'll share a car, or whatever I've got to do. What worries it's me ridiculous. is that an awful lot of people who work on the buses will probably be forced to go on strike by peer pressure, whereas, in fact, if you probably spoke to most of the guys, they would say, look, you know, if somebody's going to give us 500, fine. If not, it doesn't matter. But where does it stop? What is your next prediction, Steve? Um, 
Well, <laughs> I, I did actually predict, Theo, that when we get to the Olympics, there's going to be strikes all over the place because that's yes, the time they can hold the country to ransom and yeah. they'll be saying, we're, well, we're, we're, we aren't going to be doing it. And you think, but you're just doing a job. Yeah. It's just a job. It doesn't... It's not rocket science. You're not saving somebody's... Li- you know, I mean, I would love all the ambulance people because they save lives. Mm, they are yeah, the difference absolutely. between life and death and nobody's giving them a £500 bonus. It's, it's just one of those um, jump-on-the-bandwagon scenarios yes. again. That's the problem. It but, happens um, all the time. Keep up the good work and keep predicting. Well, I, 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 shall make so, I shall make some more predictions on this programme, probably before... We've always managed to, we've, we've managed to find uh, most right things, but that's what everybody's saying. It's, you know, if you're going to give a bonus to people who are going to be on duty at the Olympics, why not the ambulance people? Why not give something to St John Ambulance Brigade who work tirelessly and do all sorts of things for nothing? For nothing. Ambulance crews have to go out there. You heard earlier on from uh, ambulance crews getting attacked in the streets. People who sort of go there to attend somebody and then people loot their ambulances. And you think, what sort of filth are you? Who would do that? I can I can say that quite happily now because they won't be a sli- they, they, they won't actually be awake because they'd be too drugged out and drunk from last night. Anne in Richmond says wonderful panto at Richmond with Jenny Eclair. Are you going to be objecting to the redevelopment around Twickenham Station all over the standard last night? We, we all have our private thoughts on the development. She said, you could have fooled me about falling petrol prices. Well, actually, yesterday I did put petrol in the car. I, I needed some. I had to go down to Reading. And, and, and I found it at one forty. I felt I found a bargain. Normally it's £1.42, but I, I did find petrol. I got quite excited. Whoopee! <laughs> Snowing in Radlett, says Daniel. Darren says, I love Ilford. It's closed forever. And, and Maggie in Wallington says, Steve, on what basis... Have they decided Ilford is a tourist destination? I've got no idea. They just go, more and more tourists are going there. And festive coach trip, Marcus in Wanstead, I have missed a little bit. Uh, I did see some particularly ugly people on the television yesterday, and there was Brendan there as well, so I assumed it was festive coach trip. My God, they've, they've dredged the gutters for that lot, haven't they? But they're all wearing Christmassy sweaters. We like Christmassy sweaters. And uh, Kevin the Milkman says, I watched the Twickenham video via your Facebook page yesterday. Good to see everyone and love the credits. It's on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk forward slash Steve. And it's got the Panto pictures. And then there's another lot, I think, going up on Monday. Steve's in Hampshire. Hello, Steve. Good morning. How morning. are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Um, I was just going up about the bonuses. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm not, I don't work for the transport company. I drive a lorry for a living. But okay. during the Olympics... Everybody is being going to be forced onto public transport. You're not about to go anywhere by car. Mm. So therefore, all the transport companies who run the buses and run the trains are going to get a bumper payback in. And all the workers are saying, is, we're doing the work, we'd like some of that, please. Mm. Where does it end, There's though, that... Steve? Where does it end? Well, no, I mean, under normal circumstances, they wouldn't be asking for it, but, I mean, the shareholders and the owners of the companies will be putting their pockets with it. And complaining. It's just that the, work, the people are actually doing the work. Saying, We'd like some of it, please. Mm. But then, I mean, could could that work in every company? Could that work for, say, the BBC, where the BBC says we've just made six hundred million pounds profit, and the staff go, "Well, we want a bit of that as well." Yeah, well, I, I would say yes, personally. Right. So the company you work for, if if they do well on the profits, you would be expecting your little share. Well, I mean, all I can say is, last year I got some. Oh, did you? Yeah, I got a bonus last year for driving a lorry. How, how much? How much bonus did you get, if I can ask? Uh, well, people, I I only joined. I didn't do a full year because I only joined them. But I, 
people who worked for the full year got five hundred pounds. Wow. It's not because bad. the company did well. It's yes. not profit sharing. Well, that's well, that's how the John Lewis partnership worked. The John Lewis partnership worked when they, uh, you know, if the company does well, then you share in that. And that, I mean, to be honest with you, I think that's actually quite a nice idea that you are rewarded for what you've done for the company, but at the same time, you're still being paid for doing a job. So I don't know whether or not I get paid for doing this job. And and if it does particularly well, if my audience figures go up, should I then get some more? But by the same token, if the audience figures drop down a bit, do I then lose some money? Would, or, or do you just go, I'll tell you what we'll do, let's just keep it at the same, shall we, all year round? Because it is swings and roundabouts, same with all things. It's like being in a theatre. You, you get contracted for doing a job over pantomime season. And 90% of theatres, pardon me, over pantomime are going to be full because people want to take the kids out. You want to go and see lots of glitter and shimmering lights. And apparently, and I I only mention this because it sounds quite wonderful, in the pantomime over at Wimbledon Theatre, which has got Dame Edna Everidge, they have an absolutely wonderful underwater 3D sequence, which apparently the kids go, whoa, they love it. Roger Foss said it had the kids screaming with delight. He said it makes you gladdy to be alive. Because Dame Edna flies in. I don't want to ruin anything, but she flies in, as they do in a lot of pantos. But uh, it is, she said, it's one of the best pantos I've ever seen. Great cast and a strong story. Well, I can imagine that if, uh, if Dame Edna's doing it, hello, possums, it would just be wonderful. And so with an underwater sequence, you can't beat it, can you? If you've been, do let me know. Noreen went to uh, the Jim Rodford talk in a gig last night. Brilliant. Played with so many bands. He was with the Zombies. He's been with the Kinks, the Animals, the Swinging Blue Jeans. And I saw him, says Noreen, on the same bill as the Beatles at Christmas 1964. Oh, Christmas 1964. Anybody want to defend Ilford this morning? We're hard pushed on this one. It's LBC 97.3. This is LBC. Steve Allen. Don't forget, Michael Portillo is going to be looking at the papers with Nick Ferrari after the news at seven this morning. Uh, Unite wanting the better rewards for the bus uh, workers during the Olympics. And Dan, who is a bus driver, says it's about time the buses got noticed. It's always about the tubes and the trains. But when they go on strike or they have signal failures or the rail workers, we're the people picking up the passengers. So he thinks that he's, he's worth the money. I'm voting for you on that one. You can have the money. I'm giving you the money. You can have it. It's £500. I also want to give lots of money to... Uh, to the ambulance people, and also to all the poor people who have to work in A&E tonight. If it's going to be Black Friday with all the office parties and the drunks, they're going to have to put up with people lurching, and it's just going to be awful. It's far from uh, being a carry-on nurse kind of situation. It's far more serious than that, with, with abuse and attacks on medical staff. Absolutely appalling. Uh, one here from Alan, who says, I was a bus driver for nine years, mostly driving in the West End on the 24. I wouldn't welcome the bus driver's extra bonus saying they're busy, the bus is full, you can only carry so much. Close the doors, let the engine and the brakes take the strain. I live in Ilford. What's so good about it? Answer, the road out of it. It's like any other. As for the turkey, put it in a tray of table salt, it will draw all the fat out. Merry Christmas to all the staff at LBC and Michael Simmons and Adele Nathan. So there you go. It's nice, isn't it? I've never heard of putting something in salt. Tons and tons of your texts and uh, emails. Oh, Heather Larson's mum's in uh, in hospital. She's having a valve replacement. Makes you sound like a light bulb, doesn't it, dear? But anyway, she could be in over over Christmas. And the biggest bonus that Nick in Fleet had was last Christmas, £2,000. <laughs> I choked her. £2,000 bonus. He said, this year I got £1,000. <laughs> Crikey. £1,000 bonus. What do you do? 
£1,000 bonus is very nice indeed. Uh, Linda says, light snow in Catrum, have fun at Christmas. And Brenda says, uh, I've lived in Ilford for six years, and where I used to live was far worse. It may be a bit run down, but uh, there are worse areas. And the guy who used to run the sandwich bar, he didn't mention where he lived. Uh, Tony says, Ilford was a mecca for all the soul boys who went for the Ilford Palais. There was also, was it room at the top? I remember as we drove through Ilford, coming out of it, and it was, you know, used to having seen my grandmother, and we would drive through. I remember seeing room at the top, and I remember seeing red neon lighting and the Ajax building, which I think was a sports shop. I remember that. And uh, Jenny says, maybe we should be a little bit more supportive of Ilford as an area trying to pick itself up. Used to live there. Used to be a vibrant area. Uh, The people are very friendly, says Tony. Nigel and Ealing says, I was there too to see the Beatles Christmas 64. Guess who the compere was? Now then, now then, it was Jimmy Savile. And he was introducing the Beatles back in 64. Uh, One here, new to texting your show. I was brought up in Ilford. It has beautiful parks. I now live in Raynham and travel to Ilford just to take the kids to the park. Everything else has gone downhill, says Elaine. Have a good day. Uh, My daughter gets a bonus every two months, Steve. If she doesn't take a day off sick, she gets an extra day's money. One here that says, I've been nursing for 32 years, worked Christmas Day, only ever got time in a third. Christmas bonus this year, six quid towards the Christmas party. Oh, dear. Don't agree with the lorry driver. He said tube drivers should get more money because tubes are going to be busy. Does that mean shop assistants get more at Christmas? Wrong! Paid to do a job. Yes, I mean, shop assistants, who are really out of the whole scheme of things, they are the worst paid. They are the people who really probably need the money. The band Five Star came from Ilford, says Pete. Says it all. <laughs> Name two of their songs. I'm sorry, I can't. Um, well, she can next door, but I can't. I think it's horrible the tube drivers are getting big pay rises while us bus drivers are having paying conditions cut. Steve, to be frank, we bus drivers are edging towards a strike anyway because of management, pressure from TFL trying to cut our wages... And, Steve, if the tube drivers are getting 1,500 quid, why can't the bus drivers get 500? We're on a lot lower wages than the tube drivers. Mark says tourism is up in Brentwood. Brentwood will be put on the map. Uh, they've got a lot to offer. A cathedral, the secret nuclear bunker, which isn't a secret because everyone knows where it is. Uh, a theatre, of course. Lots of parks and green spaces. A 92% full high street. Our own 16th century martyr, William Hunter. A country house at Ingate Stone. Hopefield Animal Sanctuary. Regular visitor, Leona Lewis. And one of the top private schools and a top radio presenter visiting us too. And that's even without mentioning The Only Way is Essex. Let's not mention The Only Way is Essex, shall we, really? I said they, they, they laughingly put Arge on the television the other day. He is so fat now. He's like a barrage balloon. It's really embarrassing. Even with... You know, the button's done up. Not so good. Tina, Lily, George and Roger the dog. It's snowing in Sevenoaks. Are they going to Cornwall? Happy Christmas from Mike, Tina, Lily, George and Roger the dog. So are you going to Cornwall to escape the snow? Or are you going to Cornwall just to celebrate Christmas? Nick will be talking later on today because he's, uh, he's not in the studio. He is not in the building. He is off out. He's coming live from a new Routemaster bus. Uh, Boris Johnson will be joining him. And a little bit later on, Ken Livingstone. And then I heard, I'm sure, the other day that David Lammy is throwing his hat into the ring to be London Mayor. This was the man, if you can check it out on YouTube, it's worth, it's worth checking out. You know, if you're going to vote for people, you have to check out just how good they are. He was on Celebrity Mastermind. He's neither a celebrity nor a mastermind, I'm afraid. Possibly one of the dimmest people I'd ever seen on the programme. The questions, I thought, were relatively simple. He was asked questions about, I think, Bob Marley. And he didn't know anything at all. He didn't know anything. Mind you, I did a quiz once with some Elvis impersonators on the television and they didn't know anything about Elvis either, I'm afraid. They knew nothing. See, and what is his chimp called? Beep. And the answer is, uh, is it Twinkle? No, it's, they knew nothing. 
It was on, I think it's on YouTube, actually. And, um, Steve, I saw the panto at Wimbledon Wednesday evening starring Dame Edna Everidge. Best one I've ever seen. The underwater sequence is in 3D. See, I've never seen an... Well, I like an underwater sequence, as you know. But uh, the idea of seeing it in pantomime. So that's, that's a good recommendation for panto. And also Roger Foss says he absolutely loved it. His favourite one. John in Chelmsford says, I lived in Ilford when it had West's, the department stores, Planters Coffee House, Bodger's department store, CNA and Lions Tea House. Now it's just like any other town. Well, when I go down to Newbury and have a look round there, all the places I used to go to, Tumors and all these places to go and get my records at the back. I understand how high streets move on. I mean, even looking at Twickenham's high street, we've still got lots of things, we've got lots of pretty lights up, and we're actually not bad. I think we must have a 90% occupancy, if not more. Just don't want any more stupid hairdressers. Uh, Darren says, I'm taking a 10% pay cut from January, Steve. I still have to do the same work, but Merry Christmas. And Jenny tells me that Dame Maggie Smith was born in Ilford. Oh, well, that's enough. That's enough, there you are. We have saved Ilford at the last minute. We got a bit worried that we couldn't save Ilford, but shh, we've managed to do it. So well done, everybody. Front page of the Daily Mail today. Uh, they're doing your 10-day Christmas TV gut. Why worry? Why worry about TV? You've got LBC 97.3, and that's here. I'm Jimmy Savile's love child. Let's take the DNA test, and then we'll deal with it. Imogen, you really must buy a coat, darling. You look very chilly standing outside the High Court the other day. The truth about me and gigs on the front page of the Daily Star and gigs, girls, hell. Uh, because, of course, everything now is just hell. It's just awful. Daily Express, the big freeze. The Arctic blast is biting, they say, which means that we're going to have a bit of snow today, probably a bit of sleet, but because it's rained and because the roads are wet, nothing will settle, but it depends what happens overnight. If it drops down to minus two, things could freeze, and if we get a light dusting by tomorrow morning, it could be Skidpatch Alley. And you know what that means? That means accidents on the motorway, it means accidents all over the place. The scandal of dementia care they're dealing with on the express today... Laid bare in a damning report, patients are denied basic attention from being given help to eat or having no personal items or pictures of loved ones nearby to reassure them when they become disorientated. So that's the front page of The Express. Plus, they're talking about Downton Abbey, and they say the Christmas special is just that. Very special. Lovely picture of, hello, possums, Dame Edna. I think they appear to have a dwarf in their pantomime. And uh, Dame Edna is playing... Dame Edna, plus they've got Eric Potts as Sarah the Cook. It's all very big and vibrant, and it's the big panto, and we love... Oh, sorry. We love pant... I feel like a... We love pantomimes in this country. The Independent revealed the banker's secret meetings with the ministers. Times this morning, experts concerned for elderly if the care reforms are stalled, and a, a lion at London Zoo, Lucifer appearing a little bit disappointed. He opened his Christmas present. Nothing inside of it at all. But he, they gave him the box with something to play with, which is lovely. And Silence is Golden, a picture of Bernice Bejeu as Pepe Miller in The Artist, nominated for six Golden Globes, a largely unheard of East European cast. So well done to them. Back with you on... Oh, it's Twiggy. Twiggy's with us on uh, Sunday evening. Sunday evening for In Conversation. Don't miss it, please. Nick... Out and about, you'll hear from him very shortly. First of all, this morning's business update with Susan Bookbinder. Thanks, Steve. The FTSE 100 will start the day at 5,400.